0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Hello and welcome to our show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'm excited to have Allie Taylor, partner at Orange Kiwi, as our first guest here on the radio show and our guest on the podcast. Ellie, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Rick. Thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. Did you know through research and experience, Orange Kiwi recognized that the most critical human challenge facing CEO owners resides in their own succession? They've also recognized that the greatest threat to a successful exit is the psychology of the owner. Orange Kiwi is focused on helping CEO and owners achieve a competitive advantage to maximize their likelihood of finishing big and joining the elite 7% of owners who've achieved a life of significance and satisfaction beyond their role as an owner. I'd like to welcome you to the program, Ellie, and maybe we could start by having you talk a little bit about your professional background.
2: Sure. Well, I guess this space really started when I was in college and working for firms that did business turnarounds, and I got the bug for really helping owners. Since then, I've held uh, executive roles in both for-profits and non-profits, often leading through significant points of organizational transition, and today, in addition to building Orange Kiwi, I'm completing my Ph.D. in business psychology, focused on the effectiveness of change and owner transition.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask you to rewind the tape just a a little bit to that (laughs) last part. So, you're getting a Ph.D., and, and give me the content, the focus again?
2: Sure. I'm my phd will be in business psychology and my dissertation is focused on helping owners achieve a successful
1: exit so so how long have you been working have you started working on your dissertation
2: oh yeah it's very close to being done
1: oh hallelujah then
2: Uh, yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) so
1: so so when will you come back on the radio show to talk about your p your thesis and what you found and what your research suggests
2: Sure, we probably talk about that in the middle of next year, depending on how quickly it gets through committee.
1: Okay, and what, may I ask, what university you're attending?
2: Chicago School of Professional Psychology.
1: Excellent. And how did you decide, Allie Taylor, on this area of focus for your PhD?
2: Well, I honestly got really tired of seeing owners face wealth and legacy destruction because they didn't know what they didn't know or they were ill-equipped to face some pretty significant transitions and changes in their business. And the pattern was was pretty common. It was the owner's psychology that was getting in the way about nine times out of ten. And I wanted to figure out how to solve it before they had the issues.
1: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to either the live stream on octalkradio.net or maybe on iTunes or Stitcher, our podcast version of my interview with Allie Taylor. And just let me say... Someone must really be passionate about helping business owners if they're willing to put in the time and effort to achieve a Ph.D. on the subject matter. So I, I don't have a soundtrack to give you a round of applause, <laughs> Allie, but it certainly seems like you're walking your talk.
2: We certainly hope so. I can't imagine building a business any other way, to be honest.
1: Okay. Well, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Let's 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 take the focus off of you for a minute then. And let's Great. talk about Orange Kiwi. Can you discuss what makes, in addition to you and your commitment to the subject matter, but what what makes your firm different?
2: Well, I think what, where we are different is that we focus on the psychology, really of people in power at significant points of transition. It's it's really rare that people appreciate the the need for human capital and the impact that it has in an organization and and it's really the people that make a successful change. So we've often heard the DNA of the owner pervades the firm or makes it successful, and it's also where the firm kind of struggles. And so our focus and our effort and energy is really focused on that very specific point of making, helping the owner become the most successful person they can be so that their firm can be the most successful it can be.
1: So in your research and in your practical work with business owners, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more throughout the interview, but I, I just I was wondering, what type of changes do you see the successful owners being able to make as they begin this journey of, of exiting their business and, and selling it?
2: Yeah, it's the, the owners that are successful are the ones that really engage in a, an exploratory process. They recognize that exit is a, a journey and not a transaction. And that journey takes years, not months. And they're willing to do the hard work of digging into the introspective parts of their inner world to figure out how to leverage their strengths that made them successful for exit because it's those strengths that often become their hindrance for exit.
1: Wow. Okay. We have a lot to cover here in the time that we have here on the radio show slash podcast. So a quick answer, the genesis of the firm's name, Orange Kiwi.
2: I was born and raised in Orange County, California, and my partner from New Zealand, That's the Kiwi
1: portion. Oh, okay. So it's an organic name that uh, speaks to the founders. Okay, got it. You, you referred to the term uh, human capital. So w- why is that such a significant issue as it relates to a succession of a company?
2: Sure. Well, when you think about the space we work in, which is to mid market, that's, they employ more than half of the U.S. workforce about 53 million jobs in the u.s and when a succession fails or goes terribly wrong there's usually a high financial cost and a high organizational cost with the people ultimately paying the price whether it's the owner or their employees
1: when you say low and middle market from from an employee perspective can or from a revenue perspective what size companies are are you are you talking about ali
2: so we're typically looking at um, ten million dollars a year in annual revenue, up to about five hundred million.
1: When you say that there's the, that the the brunt of the maybe the financial impact is borne by the people, wh- what do you? I guess what I heard you say was maybe a failed company leaves them on the street, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So, what is <laughs> sure. that specifically that you're mentioning there?
2: Sure. So there's three ways a succession or an exit fails. One, the business never gets to market. The owner, the owner um, rides it long enough that he either just decides he's going to liquidate and close, and then people are out on the street looking for new jobs. Or the business gets to market, and they go to do a transaction, and the owner is unable to complete the transaction. In that case, the company oftentimes has gone through quite a, quite a lot of due diligence M&A advisors have put out, particularly investment bankers, usually or private equity, put a lot of money in due diligence that's gone, and employees are often um, out looking for work as as the firm is um, struggling to pivot back into full operation. That that doesn't always happen. It's just something that happens commonly with businesses when a transaction fails. And the third way is a failed leadership succession, where the owner doesn't really want to sell. They want to do a leadership succession. They bring somebody else in, and it doesn't work for one reason or another. Oftentimes, there's there people don't always lose their jobs, but there is often a financial impact. We see it in the ROI, the um, return investment or the bottom line decreases. We see a lot of stress in the firms. And the the whole internal structure of the organization kind of bends under the weight of that and the people bear the brunt
1: this does not sound like a pleasant experience allie
2: it's not and it happens more often than you'd imagine
1: and and if i if i understand what's going on in the u.s economy at least correctly we have a lot of um baby boomers you know 50 60 year old men and women who are who've built businesses and they're looking to exit so is this magnified by the demographics of our country am am i accurate in that
2: yeah you are accurate there's a lot of talk right now about the popular and academic literature about that transition with it really hitting its height in about 2020 but even beyond that you're also looking at a gen x an older gen x who's also looking at starting to face transition so it'll be an ongoing issue
1: Okay. Well, we're speaking with Allie Taylor here. She's uh, founding one of the founding partners of the firm Orange Kiwi. And we're going to come back after this very short, very short break. And we're going to talk about some of the solutions that Allie and her firm are able to offer companies to help you avoid what sounds like a very unpleasant and you know, unfulfilling way to end your company. But before we do, if you want to learn more about this radio show and podcast or the CEO peer groups that I chair and then I ask you to visit my website criticalmass for forbusinesscom feel free to contact me or text me on my personal business cell phone the number is 949-887-4104 so don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor
0: Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs his first book Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO Peer Groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box.
1: I told you it would be a brief break. This is Rick Franzy You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show on octalkradio.net as a live stream. But, you know, we're also available anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose company CEOs have appeared on our show. Since we started our show in 2009, we've reached close to 200,000 listeners with our podcasts and our live streams. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software, and you'll find our weekly interviews. And if you'd like to subscribe, we would greatly appreciate that. All right, Allie Taylor, partner at Orange Kiwi. Let's talk about some of the ways that your firm is helping business owners to successfully begin and then execute an exit strategy.
2: Sure. The first thing that we're trying to do is create awareness by sharing some of the information um, through very important channels such as your radio show. The second thing that we do is we offer an assessment that helps an owner understand their own personal level of readiness based on the psychological characteristics that of the, the instrument that we've built through part of the Ph.D. research. In addition to that, we help them identify how their own um, capacity and, and readiness for exit impacts their business and help them identify strategic partners that they need to bring in on their team to get their business ready for a succession, whether that's going to be in 12 months or 12 years. What are those things they need to do to build their business so it's sellable when they want to sell it so they can exit on their own terms?
1: Ellie, why isn't a business that's successful, that's operating in a position to be sold just as is?
2: Sure. Um, There are a number of reasons. Probably the most common one that we run into is the owner carries so much tacit knowledge that is not institutionalized in their business that the value of their business is greatly diminished if you take the owner out. So taking all those characteristics and attributes and knowledge and experience that the owner has and infusing it into their business and institutionalizing that so the business can continue to thrive beyond their tenure as owner increases the valuation. In addition, we oftentimes see, particularly in family businesses, where families have been in key roles, and those really need to be transitioned to non-family members to achieve the level of success that they want to achieve by the time they exit, and a host of other similar types of organizational and personal issues.
1: So I could... um I can appreciate that this may be a ch- more of a challenge for companies with 10, 15, 20 million, uh, maybe family businesses, you, know, under 50 million. but you said you work with firms from 10 to 500 million. Are, are you saying that there are some of these e- equally pressing challenges, even for what I would consider the larger firms, the 100 to, 500 million dollar companies?
2: Yeah, we do see that the challenges shift in the upper part of the mid-market. Then it really focuses on the owner and their psychology. If they've reached that level, they've got usually professional management teams, and it's really the owner's ability to let go. Sumner Redstone would be a really great example of an owner who wasn't able to let go. I don't know if you're familiar with that story.
1: Yes, and that, okay, all right, that reframes it a bit. So it, it can even be a large public firm in some ways, too.
2: Correct. We oft, Yeah, we often have inquiries from boards who are trying to deal with how do we help our CEO transition.
1: Why is it so hard for the CEO to, I mean, you would think they've worked their whole life to be able to have this moment in time.
2: Right, well, it's, it's really interesting. We call it the paradox of success. They're successful, um, and so certain things happen because they're successful. Their psychological needs primarily get met through their business. And what happens is their role identity gets fused with their self-identity, and pretty soon they really don't know who they are apart from the business. So you're not asking them to exit their business. You're asking them to leave a huge part of themselves.
1: Is it part of what – we're talking with Allie Taylor, by the way, partner of Orange Kiwi. Sorry. Is is part of what you're doing then sort of helping them – sort of analyze why they have... Them? I mean, are you unearthing feelings and, and are you forcing them to go through a, an exercise where they're coming to grips with the reality of how they're you know, emotionally dealing with the sale of their business? Or do you have another way to get them to realize that you know some of this is their baggage?
2: Yeah, it really depends on the owner. We start with our assessment because it, it pinpoints what the challenge is. Some of it can be just a general problem-solving style. And then we help the owner work through a, a process of, we look at it as building a bridge while you walk out, building a bridge to their future so that they're, they're creating new meaning and a new identity. We don't often do that looking at their feelings. Um, I, I don't do therapy. Okay. Uh, we, we look at it as a business problem and a business challenge. And because they're so comfortable, we use the very strengths that made them successful in business to help them become successful at exit, because those are the things that are sabotaging their exit.
1: Is it the kind of thing that you find in when you meet with the management team and maybe even the the employees of a company, the, the things that you have to get the owner to recognize and deal with, the organization has recognized and sort of understands about that individual already?
2: Yeah, and they've adapted to it to make him comfortable. And that's one of the weaknesses that the organization has inherent in it that often results in lower valuations.
1: So their ability to make him or her comfortable in the company he or she built is actually a disadvantage when it's time to put the product, the, part, the business, on the market because investors will realize that and give you a haircut for it. Is that what you're saying?
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh, boy. nailed it. And you said something earlier which I wanted you to benefit i want to get the benefit of your expertise you said years what is in your experience the right amount of time for any business owner to begin to put things into place to exit their business successfully
2: the most simple answer is the sooner the better you from the moment you start a business if you're thinking about exit you're in a perfect position the more difficult, nuanced answer is it depends. <laughs> it depends on the situation and what they want to achieve. Some exits take longer. On average, if they have 24 to 36 months, they've got a good shot of being able to achieve goals.
1: When you help them get ready to, to sell their business, is it fair that in this bridge-building exercise, part of the challenge is to create an equally compelling and potentially enjoyable life without the business that the business owner gets to see and understand that drives them, attracts them in that direction?
2: It's absolutely essential. That, that's absolutely key. I was with a group of business owners, and one was talking about how he's completely ready to sell, and the reason he didn't, he won't sell, is because if he exits his business, he'll be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Now, that took a lot to get him to acknowledge that. But once they do, you're able to move them to the how do we solve that challenge. Now that we know that it what, what it is, how do we solve it?
1: We have a couple minutes left here on this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Um, we're speaking with Allie Taylor. She's partner at Orange Kiwi. You, in the open, I talked about a couple things, and I wonder if you could expand upon them. Uh, I mentioned that your work is to help them to maximize their likelihood of finishing big. What What is meant by that term in your parlance?
2: Yeah. So um, an amazing author by the name of Bo Burlingham wrote a book called Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Company on Top. And what he found is that there's a four-stage process that they go through. It starts with a robust exploratory phase. If they complete that successfully that's where they're answering all the existential questions. Who am I, if not my business? What do I want for my future? What do I want for my business? What do I not want for my business on my exit? Move into the strategic phase, which is building in all the value into your business to get ready to sell and starting to look at your business like a product. And that's where you start to separate um, your identity from your role and your self-identity. And then you can move to execution. That's the actual deal and transaction. And it's not until you've finish that transaction, that you actually move into transition and start to fully embrace whatever comes next. And that's where the work you did earlier on, sometimes years in advance, pays off.
1: Okay. And the and the other term that I used that I wanted you to define and expand upon is the elite seven of owners. Sure. What What do you mean by that?
2: Well, when we look at all the research and look at the businesses that do get to market, um, we also find studies that look at owner satisfaction post exit, and what we find is that of all the businesses, there's only about seven percent that are actually able to exit and live a life of satisfaction significance beyond their business. Why? Uh, well, let's go back uh, the number that exits. Only about seventy to eighty percent of low to mid market firms actually sell. When you when you look at that, when you look at all the businesses, you recognize that. You know, not I'm sorry, seventy eight percent don't sell. Only about thirty to forty percent actually sell.
1: Wait a minute. A majority of businesses that they put that the owner would like to sell
2: could they never get sold? They don't. Wow. And I'm happy to help you cite a source if you like. There's a couple of good ones out there. They don't. And it's oftentimes the owner's psychology that gets uh-huh. in the way. And so that also explains why when you so PwC did say several years ago where they inter, where they looked at 365, so twenty to
1: thirty percent only twenty to thirty percent do sell. That is, I can see why you're so focused.
2: seven percent, right? And within a twelve months, seventy three quarters of the owners are dissatisfied with their exit. So when you put, run all those numbers together, that's <laughs> about seven <laughs> percent.
1: So even the ones that are successful, they're dissatisfied with the exit.
2: Yep they get too oh with the exit and it's so sad because it doesn't have to be that way and most often what we hear is um you know they got tired of playing golf their spouse didn't want them hanging around and they didn't know what they were going to do when it, you look at it their motivations what drives them and fuels them hasn't been replaced right. and that's what they're struggling to find
1: right and that and i and that can take some time. You know, i wish we had a little more time. We well, are definitely coming back uh next year after you you're, get your thesis all buttoned up and you do you have to do an oral that goes with that thesis as well? Do you have to present it to professors or something?
2: Yeah, our dissertation we do. Yeah. We've are you the is, that,
1: is that stressful?
2: It can be very stressful. Yes. I'm hoping okay. it won't
1: be. <laughs> well, i'm not i'm not trying to create stress in your life. I'm just uh, I was just wondering okay so so Allie, um we're going to have you back on the show this is a strategic issue my audience are business owners with you know two to hundred million dollars companies they're the many times the owners of the of the firm and we've only just begun to scratch the surface i feel and we're I, I'm curious about what you know and hopefully you'll uh, be as kind and generous with your time and come back on sometime in 2017
2: I'd love to it's my passion so I'd be happy to help
1: I can tell. If someone would like to learn more about you and the firm Orange Kiwi, how do they find you online?
2: They can find us at www.oc.com or planfortransition.com or they can reach out via email at ally at ockiwi.com.
1: And the website again was?
2: planfortransition.com or ockiwi.com.
1: Okay. Well, Allie Taylor, thank you for just... Uh, reframing how I see exits for business owners and I am really looking forward to uh, learning more from you and your partner at Orange Kiwi. Thank you for your time. Thank
2: you for having fun.
1: My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen that concludes this segment of Critical Mass radio show. If you're listening to the live stream on octalkradio.net don't go anywhere because Tamara Chandler author of How Performance Management is Killing Performance and what to do about it. If you're listening to us on a podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or one of the other platforms, please be patient. The next show will be up momentarily. And learn more about our executive peer group.
0: You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.